This episode was brought to you by Celebrations, Celebrations at Carlisle, one of Australia's leading craft beer bottle shops. Retailers, retailers. Retailers, craft. They do craft. Um, lots of it. Stuff you can't get anywhere in Oz. Where can you get it? Celebrations at Carlisle. Ah! Oh! They've also got beer sticks. I buy them all the time. Now, if you mention our name, you'll get 15% off Mix Six Pack. How sweet! That's Beer Sucks, 15% off. Craft. Mix Six Pack. Number two, Wright Street. Celebrations at Carlisle. They've also got takeaway pint bottles from their 11 times. When can I talk? Shut up. No. Ride the doggo! Oh, you can see his straps, but you know he's clean! Oh, don't you see what I mean? Gotta get a can! Ace is Pele! Rocky Ridge Brewing Company. There's the one that's clean. It's not sour buffalo. <laughs> it's a pale ale made with Flinders named after Doggo. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Beer Sucks. I'm Brendan. We've got Tim. What's up? Adam. Hello. And a special guest today, James from The Crafty Pint. Afternoon. Yay. <laughs> Woo. Uh, oh. Thanks for making it, man. I believe you are just, just got off a plane to get here. Three. Yeah. Can we claim that all three of those planes were just to see us? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I basically had to go and sort of get some clear headspace down in Albany first before I could come and, you know... Attempt something so momentous. Yeah. <laughs> Are you momentous. one of the like five people who's ever caught a plane to Albany? Um, uh, probably one of the very few that's caught a plane to Albany and then 24 hours later caught another one back. Yes. Wow. Actually, I think you would be in a in a small league there. But they, I did like they have the, when they bring out the uh, the bar service. Um, they have a little um, laminated piece of paper they stick in the back of the trolley that just says bar open. With some lovely little drawings of, um, you know, a beer can and a, and a glass of wine. You actually had bar service on a flight that, that is twenty three minutes, fifty five, fifty five <laughs> minute flight. And they had dog days. I mean, I was, I would, oh. I was on coffee and tea. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they stick this little uh, thing in laminated, laminated plastic on the back of the trolley as they wheel it up and down. When did the uh, skimpy come out? Was that like? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you're in Albany. Anything goes, <laughs> Bar open, fellas. As she, uh, you know, ashes out a cigarette. I can't wait for you to do the next call down to Albany and get completely mobbed by the lovely folk of the Great Southern. I love Albany because they still have Skippy. Yeah, what's... <laughs> I thought that was a compliment, yeah. to be honest. And, and that uh, comment earlier about him being John Wayne in Bracey just becomes all the more relevant. Right. <laughs> it's writing itself. No yeah. <laughs> uh, you said you did have a bit of an issue uh, being a beer traveller. Uh, you had what happened to you that none oh, of yeah. us like? Well, I think it's the first time it's happened, but I, I noticed a yellow liquid leaving the bottom of my suitcase uh, as I was waiting for a cab in Denmark earlier. And so all of my clothes, because I'd wrapped the cans in, as you do, all of clothes. my clothes. Yep. yep. 
Um, I'm now at a dry cleaners in Perth, and I've, I've paid the 50% ex, uh, surcharge so I can have them tomorrow morning and not be oh, wearing really? these tonight stained oh. clothes again tomorrow. <laughs> Mate, that is a nightmare. I've, I've had one experience of having to do the shameful dry cleaning because of a, uh, a certain coloured liquid. And I had to take my yeah, girlfriend's I was say, skirt. He's making it sound way worse. Oh no, wait! It does sound way worse. <laughs> yeah, I'd had, I had a batch of sleepwalking one night, and I had apparently did a small wee on a skirt on the <laughs> the spare bed. Turns out, uh, who would have thought that somebody would leave a five hundred dollar skirt? Ooh. On a bed. I think who that is... thought you'd have been going out with someone who could afford a five hundred dollars skirt? <laughs> <laughs> yep. How I did you prove that? Completely. <laughs> I I did have a bit of a big night and was laying in bed. I've slept all and woke up to somebody screaming in my house. Is this piss? <laughs> <laughs> I have shot. I shot awake like it was like a gunshot, and I'm like. I'm in some hot trouble. <laughs> Did you just uh, ride, uh, run and hide in the laundry? Uh, no, that's, that's <laughs> my yeah, that is my usual spot to hide. Apparently, um, no. This time I I went and was like that. Just it look, it smells like water. I, it it's water. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Until I had to go take it in like a sad puppy to a dry cleaner, and she's like, "Oh, this piss." Oh. Like, yes. <laughs> you got real drunk, didn't you? Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't want to get into my stories because I've got about five of those, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you sleepwalk. I do sleepwalk. We got to witness this after the the bag debacle. Oh yes, over in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> so hashtag where's Tim's bag? Um, where's my bag? Where, where's Where's Crafty's bag? Where's I'm Tim's glad bag? we can laugh about it now. <laughs> I was yes, laughing exactly. about it at the time, man. Uh, but uh. we we had gone home to. To uh, our place we're staying in in Collingwood, and there's a, there was a mighty set of stairs in there, and he's standing at the top. We're like, "Hey Tim, how you going?" And he starts chatting to us, and then walks off. He was asleep, and he's chatting absolute hot nonsense. <laughs> and then we've gone and left him, and is sitting in like in the lounge room, just having a bit of a yarn, and we're hearing him talk to no one, and then make his way down the stairs and come and sit down next to us until we brought food out, and he woke up. Yeah, we thought he, we had broken his brain, to be honest. <laughs> well, I think many people thought I I was probably dying. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I sleepwalk sometimes. Generally, when I'm uh, a little bit, a bit tired. Yeah, yeah, tired. I guess this is what this is why we didn't do the uh, the podcasts in Good Beer Week. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that, and you know, given how the whole week went, um, you are the prettiest girl at the ball at. All of these events, mate. Like I saw you run through Gabs, <laughs> and you had a procession yeah. of people around you. It was it was like the Queen was in town. It was amazing. Oh, my, my wife had come along for the first time in years, and I said, like, "We've got to do a couple of things, and then once we're done, you know, we can have some time together here, as best as you can." And I was taking a tour of people around, and it obviously took longer than planned because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And um. We were chatting to Topher at Wildflower, and my wife just came back going, some sort of date this is, and whacked me in the back. <laughs> and Topher just goes, she's so much cooler than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was about an hour and a half later, I went and found her. Oh, but, uh, no. We, dan- we danced. We did silent disco with Stu from Ocho. You know, we, we had a romantic oh, that's night. Lovely. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's a really great way to, yeah. to end the night. Yeah. Oh, no, we ended the night with... Uh, 
the Shed Shaker, the Castle Main Brewery. So one of the owners Ooh. there is um, Doug, the drummer with uh, Hunters and Collectors. So they came to say hello as we were getting what? into a um, getting into a cab, and I may have had a couple of beers as well. I was like, "This guy's in music." I was like, "Is Marlon Williams the real deal?" <laughs> like the first thing I said to him, he was just <laughs> oh like, "Oh my god!" He was like, "He's a deal." That's <laughs> 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 the real deal. Like, but I'm, I'm, it's that moment you're like, I'm that guy. He's a musician. I'm going to ask him about a musician. Yeah. I know. Oh, no. And then I went to see Marlon Williams. I'd seen him the weekend before and came out of the show and I came out the loo and he was there. And I turned and went, I got tickets for my mum and dad to come and see you in Nottingham two years ago. And he's like, oh, hello, I'm talking to these people here. And I'm like, I need to leave <laughs> now <laughs> before my dignity has fallen any further. Oh, but sorry. you didn't steal his bag though. Didn't steal his bag. Okay. No. Right. Just, so it could have been worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could have been. <laughs> could have been. <laughs> Never steal a musician's bag because that's liable to get you sent to fucking prison. Huh? Well, uh, to be fair, yeah. stealing a journo's bags probably is bad. I think he was oh, just. I think bo- there's less he drugs. Was, he was just yeah. trying. To- <laughs> Maybe. Well. <laughs> <laughs> he was just uh, looking after it for me. But yeah. You must is- have been looking after it whilst moving quite often because I checked. <laughs> Every room of that pub and the toilet several times. I don't know why I even went back to do the final but check. Where, where did you find Tim with oh. your bag? Is this relevant? He was in the toilet. Yeah, of course. And, I, and because he had that um, lovely mo and had a had a hat on in various layers, and then he... had, had his bag and then my bag on top, and I was like, "Who's this Cambodian Mexican guy that stolen my bag?" You're like, <laughs> "Is that Sam Simmons?" Cheech. Yeah. Cheech. And um, Sam Cheech. Yeah, and then we had a lovely chat. Yeah, as much as you could do. In a lab. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine it was very intelligent, coherent, concise. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wowee. <laughs> but the thing is, I actually lose everything all the time. So it was probably quite good that I had a second, you know, ish. Because I knew we were person. meeting up with you, that's that's what I had in my head. I was like, oh, James has left the bag here. I'll look after it. I'm going to meet up with James later. Um, not necessarily that night, but people told me that you <laughs> At some point in the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was like, I'll fucking give back his bag. Not really thinking... He'll probably come back for this. No, well, the challenge uh, is, and he has no way to contact me. Um, and then I proceeded to get real drunk. Um, proceeded, Pre- yes, yeah. yeah. I think you pre- preceded exactly. <laughs> oh man. Well, so we should touch on our why you're here anyway. Apart from the fact that we're doing our live podcast tonight, mm-hmm. so crafty pint meets beer sucks. Well, uh, well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah so well, thanks. that's the main. Reason I'm here, really. Thanks for inviting us along. Oh, that's <laughs> inviting you along <laughs> to your event. Um, while we're here, uh, also there's the Perth uh, Awards and Conference on. So, yep. um, so Cry- Perth Royal Beer Awards. Yep. And they're doing a brewers conference, and Cryer Malt uh, likes to do these brewery startup sessions um, at festivals around the country, and I've become their I don't know, You're the go to man. So yeah. I, I put it together. So I, I guess technically that was the first reason for coming over. Another reason is that Guy. Who sat over there trying to, you know, good times craft Hi, beer. Guy. Hey, guy. Trying to keep himself to himself. Yeah. He's, uh, he's always pestering me to come over. I normally come over for WA Beer Week, so I guess if I make two visits a year, makes sense. Um, I think there is like this sort of feeling amongst some people that Crafty Pints, this East Coast-based thing, despite the fact that I've had three writers over here for years and we do stuff, so it doesn't hurt to come over and visit your lovely part of the world. Um, he looked in my eyes and he said, lovely. <laughs> I was going to say, he kind of paused there, but now I know it was his, him getting lost <laughs> in your eyes. I know, it's surprising because um, you can't usually see my eyes. I opened them up a little while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what surprised him. He was yeah. like, what? He's got eyes. Well, I was just lost. I was drawn in. Uh, yeah, so it's the usual thing. Once I go somewhere, you're like, 
what can I squeeze into the trip? So that was the, uh, yeah, flew in straight down to Albany, went to visit Wilson Brewing. Yep. And then popped down to see the guys at uh, Boston Brewing. Uh, then stayed in a motel that Julia from Artisan told me to stay in because the tavern next door had some of their beers on tap. Oh, magic. Always on the job. Yeah. Yeah. Always on the job. (laughs) Then then woke up at five to two and was like, why am I awake so early? Ah, the World Cup semi-finals on. So watch that. Did you guys end up uh, bringing it home? Or what Fun, happened? Well, despite this this awful accent I have, I'm actually Scottish, so I was quite pleased. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's awkward. Oh. Um, although my wife apparently said that she was crying on the sofa. Really? Telling our little boy, because she brought back memories of 1990, England's last glorious failure. Um, <laughs> we won't talk about Scotland. We haven't, been to a, we haven't been to a major championships in 20 years now. So No, but no one has the balls to actually tell you, because no. otherwise you're going to get nutted. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I thought that 10 years in Australia, I, might, I was like going, come on, get behind England for your mates that are English. I can't. That's incredible because, you know, to Australians, you sound English, you know, whereas... Uh, I sound more English than most English people. It's yeah. ridiculous. But <laughs> my parents made sure, despite the fact they'd moved south of the border, that I knew where I was from and who I should not like. <laughs> Basically, everyone I knew, essentially. Wow. Yeah. What's more frightening about this is the fact that tonight for our event, we are going to have two Scottish people on the panel in a room full of beer taps. I am definitely going to have a real hard time waking up <laughs> for 7.30 open tomorrow morning. Well, you know, I have faith. I don't. That looks <laughs> yeah, neither frightening do I. me. Neither do I. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so the uh, Cry Malt startup panels, yes. what's, what's kind of involved in these? They sound like a... Like something pretty cool to get along to? Yeah, so uh, the idea is um, that if you are starting out in brewing or planning to, you come along, I try and put together a panel of um, wisdom. Um, people, you know, brewers, equipment suppliers, marketing people, what have you. Um, and I try and keep things moving and discuss everything you might want to, not everything, how much can you do in an hour, hour and a half, whatever, uh, to talk about, the lie of the land, the way the industry's going, the challenges, how you go about doing stuff. Essentially, it's like the industry's pretty nice, just be nice to people, but you're not going to make much money and you have to work really hard, um, but it's cool. <laughs> that yeah. is the most succinct definition yes. of our industry I've ever fucking heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you like making money? Yes, I do. Then fuck go off. Go somewhere else. But if you like having a good time with <laughs> yeah, good yeah. people, we've got plenty of that. Yeah. But if you're yeah. a bit of a jerk... And you love being a jerk. Then fuck off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or hope you've got a lot of money to carry through the fact that... You know, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You won't yeah. be welcomed. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so, did you do any taking part in any of the judging for the Perth Roll Beer Show? Because I noticed that you actually took part in the judging panel for the Indie Beer Awards. No, I didn't. No, okay. Never mind. <laughs> no, no, I've actually... I misread that. I don't think I've ever done... But it takes up time, and time is something yeah. I don't really have. I've, I guess I stopped running or being heavily involved in Good Beer Week a few years ago to focus on Crafty Pint, and I've got a few more people helping, but it's still an insane amount of work. And every time you come and do one of these trips, it's awesome, but it means there's like a two-week catch-up on everything else that follows. Yeah. So I've been, I've spoken to people, I've been spoken to about getting involved in doing like the stewarding and the assist, associate judge and stuff for AIBA, but there's you have to write off days of year. You know, mm. day after day um so not yet once i've worked everything out and i have a team of wonderful people more wonderful people then maybe i'll have time to do it but mm. at the same time i guess my job is to 
talk about it afterwards Spruik. and report yeah. it. Do, do a little bit more of the fun stuff rather than the grinding out of drinking beer yeah. after beer after beer. <laughs> Honestly, after it beer. Sound, you're making it sound like a bit of a joke, but at no, the end of the day, it's an arduous it's task. Like they, going, they have days going, where they might have 60 or 80 different beers to sample yeah. in a day across four different styles or something. It's... Because we had the way the way that things worked out this year, there was craft beer conference over in the US. Then there was the judging for ARBA. the ARBA yeah. awards. Then there was beer week. Right, that's incredible. So there would have been people who have been three or four weeks away from their jobs or yeah. homes yeah. or whatever. We've yeah. spoken to uh, we caught up with Paul Holgate um, just uh, for a little bit of time over at uh, Gabs. Gabs, and he was mentioning he's like, mate, he's like, mate, I've been over here. <laughs> I've been here, I've been there, I can't talk. He did sound like the godfather. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, mate, it's, he goes, to be honest, I've, I did judging for CBC as well as the judging here and everything. He's like, I've had that much beer in the last X amount of weeks. It is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. I think there's, there's like a traveling caravan of, you know, professional yeah. drink, drink, no, what? Uh, gypsies. Judges, yeah. not drinkers. <laughs> gypsy <laughs> judges. <laughs> there's a traveling caravan of gypsies. <laughs> no one's but, selling pigs. But, there's, you know, once you get into that club, you see the same faces, you know, you get invited to judge it, you know, most of the awards and it's a big commitment to do it. I guess it, maybe if you're not brewing hands on at your brewery anymore or whatever, it's something you can go and do and it's a bit of a, you know, busman's holiday or whatever, but. Yeah, look, yeah. and it, it is a lot of hard work because all these judges take it so seriously. While we may joke about it on this end. <laughs> yeah, those jerks, why do they take it so yeah. seriously? <laughs> and, you know, they really try and pay respect to all the mm-hmm. beers and give it a serious rating. And to do that beer after beer after beer all day, it's not sitting back smashing pints with your mates. Yeah, um, We did one at this venue, actually. So we're live recording from Caboose right now. Uh, we Thanks, did Caboose. a homebrew competition where I think we had 62 entries, but... Because of the format of we wanted to do judging in front of all the homebrewers who put their beers in. So we had That's three. That's the most boring fucking thing you could do for anyone. Not oh. to homebrewers. Yeah, kidding? I was going to say. They'd, they'd if you're be sitting like watching with intent. Is that my beer? 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 Look, the format's not great. The idea was really good. But yeah, we had to judge about 62 beers in about three hours. It was fucking a lot. So you yeah. punched yeah. 62 yeah. beers in three no, hours. No, we, we ended up having to split it up and, and we're like halfway through, we're like, this doesn't work. Yeah. All right, you guys take this stack. You guys take this stack. But we also really, really tried to give a lot of feedback. So in a lot of these competitions, you just, just get very mo- brief notes, yeah. like a score with maybe a couple of words. We tried to provide like at least a full paragraph. Yeah. Uh, and it was by the end of it, I was like, fuck, I just want to go home now. Like, <laughs> was that the end of the first one? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> no, I'm not used to writing. I, I was kindly enough invited to the West Australian Amateur Homebrew competition to to be a part of that judging with Matt Marinich. Um, and along with many others, Brian Fitzgerald, um, many others whose names are flooding through my head and just out again. But um, I think I ended up tasting 162 beers. Uh, We had about, I think, 1,400 or or along those lines, 1,400 entries. And it was just hectic. And in the beginning, I was like, this sounds great. But it was literally three days uh, of back-to-back tasting. So I did a Wednesday night and then I did um, a Saturday and a Sunday of just solid tasting. Yeah. And you don't get to the good shit until the last day where you revisit all like <laughs> oh, the, the outstanding, best of show yeah, best yeah. of show beers. And that's where you're like, oh, sweet, some good stuff. Because homebrewers are brilliant, but you've also got some guys in it who, who just want some really constructive feedback. And you want to give them the, those uh, paragraphs of writing and just say, look, maybe do this, maybe do that. And, um, and you know, you want to do that for them. Whereas uh, 
some of the really top end guys, you're like, oh man, this is a real pleasure to drink. Yeah. Sometimes they're just uh, out of style, unfortunately, which is something that <clears throat> um, we've come across with our with our beer awards as well, and um, we've had some really good feedback that allowed us to to go up to another level, which was brilliant. So they're really, really important. And the judges who do it, as you mentioned earlier, really commit a lot of time to it and uh, really offer a, a great piece of advice. Yeah. When, when we do the uh, getting getting blind with crafty tasting uh, panels by style for the website, which hasn't happened in a few months, it's been a bit nuts. Um, we try to not do more than about 25 beers because... Uh, yeah. After that, it's hard to taste anything. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and we'll break it up and that'll and just be one style. And yeah, it's... It is. It's, it's a lot of beers to get through. Imagine then doing that, taking a half hour break, going to do another style. And oh. I think, and some of the, you know, some of the best known brewers from over here as well. I think they go and do the judging all day. Then they go out for the dinner. Then they go and drink the grony till four o'clock in the morning. Then they come back three hours yeah. later and start again. <laughs> what is it um, with late night cocktails and brewers? Oh, it's just it's just not beer for a little while. Yeah, yeah, we heard that. Yeah, no, I can't help it. No, man, <laughs> it's now all about the bombardiers. Is that is that what it is? But bombardiers. I don't know. I still just go old fashions. Bombardiers and bourbon barrel aged maple syrup old fashions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where it's at. That, that's where I'm at. Because <laughs> bombardiers or bombardiers or however the hell you pronounce them are just the bourbon Negroni. Mm. Yes. I was learned yes. so much about booze when I came over and hang out with you lot. I remember being sat over here after the tasting event at. Uh, the DTC for the in November, getting and you just kept bringing over beers, beer uh, after beer after beer. I'm so focused on the local scene that my my knowledge and awareness globally isn't anywhere near you guys working no. in the bottle shops so over here. And you bring stuff over, and I'm like, "What is this?" And you go, "Just drink it." I'm like, "Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> that sounds exactly like what exactly. he does." That's what <laughs> happens, which is also what happens when we go to his house. And then the and then we talk about Twin Peaks, and it's great. Oh, <laughs> oh so you lost you me right there. It. You lost me. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but no, coming up, I haven't think seen it. Don't want to. I yep. couldn't care less. September second. Uh, stars of Twin Peaks, Peaks as well as the executive producer are going to be here in Perth and I'm going to put on my big boy shirt and I'm going to go and see him. Are you going to wear your no fronts? Or your $500 skirt? Potentially. <laughs> uh, that five, that skirt still gets a run nowadays. It's actually called her piss skirt. I'm sure that that could be a thing in Japan. Or in Twin Here's Peaks. Here's my piss skirt. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. So speaking of these big dumb beers that we were talking about earlier, um, we've got in front of us a little bit of a whale that we've hustled on in, and uh, which what, is what's this we thing? We, yeah, we brought it as there a group. Is, there is a we, yeah. There's a we that oh, we're yeah, no, involved right. in bringing it in. I forgot um, to pay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the bill's coming. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> yeah. So we've got uh, Perennial Brewing Company, or Perennial Artisan Ales, Abraxas, sitting in front of us now. It's their ten and a half percent Russian Imperial spiced out. I just had my first sip of it and it blew my dick off, dude. Uh, that's why I wore the no fronts, yeah. in case it shot out. <laughs> it, uh, I actually mistook it because I was drinking a, a cheeky monkey black rye Imperial IPA, which is also black, and I mistook the glasses halfway through, and I was like, Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> "This is bullshit." There's no spice in this at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, it happened the opposite way around i just wasn't prepared for it and just fucking blew my head off <laughs> and i just sat there for like a minute just going what happened mm. so this is actually the base beer for this is an imperial a russian imperial stout but also brewed with oatmeal and lactose so that body is just incredibly thick but it seems to whatever else is there seems to dry it out 
as well. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't finish nearly as heavy as I was expecting. <laughs> Watching you gloop it into the glass before, it's actually... What is it? Um, cinnamon, nutmeg? Uh, it's uh, chili. Something chili. like that. Surely it's, it's got to be cinnamon. There's cinnamon. Cinnamon. Oh, cinnamon. Oh, cinnamon. Cinnamon. Cinnamon sticks <laughs> and chili peppers. Chili peppers. <laughs> so, if this is the way that I'm speaking now, I feel sorry for the 60-odd people who are going to come and see us talk well, later on. You've got a Scotch ale. Nay brought out a 10.5% beer. And we also have a magnum of, of Three Fontaine and Cuvée Armand and Gaston. I was going to say, Obey and G. I, I accidentally brought along a barrel-aged Imperial Stout as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we've also... Yeah, <laughs> we'll have that later. That is... So we've got a bit of a sneak peek. Is that right? Yeah, not, yeah, it rocked up at my house the other day. Some courier brought it back to the front door. And I'm like, oh, mountain goat. Oh, boy. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh. Now, oh, heavy breathing is intensifying. I yeah. Think, <laughs> I think it's probably the chips that I ate for lunch. <laughs> and you're more thankful that you wore no fronts. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I ordered a table beer to start at least. Anyway. Although Guy did do his usual. Whenever he picks me up from Perth Airport. How many beers did he have? Only and- There's only one today. The first time he picked me up two WA beer weeks ago he was wearing a ship's captain's hat with um i think he's cut out was it the cabal logo or something and yeah. stuck it on the front i remember that had a massive sign saying welcome crafty pint and then when <laughs> i got into his car there was um an ice bucket in there with i think federal's perth local had just come out yeah. and something from cheeky monkey was, i think it was four beers that time last time it was cheeky monkey frosty fruits yeah with a cheeky monkey goblet to have it out of, and today was Shiraz of Ice with uh, Cabal glass. We stopped by the oh. we, pick, we pick a Perth sign on the way out the terminal and, and grab one, get a little shot, and um, off we go. He's a, he's a, he's a lovely beer wife. He, oh yeah. man, <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm going to call him that from now on. Well. Yeah. Guy Southern, the beer wife. Because for those that don't know, Guy quite often calls and he's like, "Hey," and we just have these industry chats. Yeah, I'm like, "Hey, that's a fucking good idea." I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that. Thanks, guy. It's so from now on, it's Guy Southern, beer wife. Yeah. Thanks, guy. Good good, t- good time, craft yeah, yeah, beer yeah. wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one thing that's that that sounds just as funny as that is I uh, he actually gave me a lift to a, a beer event last night. Except he called his car Goober. He's like, "Welcome to Goober. Where would you like to go tonight?" Like, hmm. Yep. Is nice that guy, guy Uber? Guy, yeah, it's better than calling it Guyber. Then it just sounds like the Mag- night is going to turn into a... You're going to have some Gyber sex. <laughs> MacGyver. Mag- Which is good Mag- or not. MacGyver. You, you decide. Yeah. 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 Sponsored content. Hey, Brendan, did you know the Dutch Trading Co has been voted number one craft beer venue in Australia by Beer and Brewer magazine? I didn't. How did they win that? I have no idea, because they're heaps tops. Do you think it's because of their modern gastropub food? Probably. Do you think it's because of their 300 bottle beer selection? Are they rarely seen in Australia? They are. Oh my God. Do you think it's because of their 22 taps? Dude, definitely. Do you think it's because of their pinball? I'll tip my trilby to that. Dutch Trading Co, 243 Albany Highway, Victoria Park. See you there. Dutch Trading Co. Now, James, for our listeners that don't know, can you just give us a little bit of a backstory on Crafty Pint? Or a lot of it, whatever. A lot, a lot of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, how do we, I, I, I guess I'd, I'd practice at this with the Uber driver on the way up. I had like four minutes, and he asked, asked me what I was doing here. Um, I was a journalist in the UK, worked for a newspaper. Uh, moved over to Melbourne ten and a bit years ago, uh, thinking, oh, I'll just find some work as a print journalist. The industry's dying globally and Australia's tiny, but there's bound to be loads of work going. Um, clearly, <laughs> I, was, I was misguided. Rupert Murdoch got his grubby mitts all over our industry. Yeah. Um, so I got bits and bytes. I was 
had a tech column for the Sunday Age for a few years, did stuff on property, whatever. But um, not long after we got here, I, would, I was of a mind. I'd been here as a backpacker years ago, and I think I discovered Coopers. I didn't discover Coopers. They'd been around for a while, just in case you didn't know. But <laughs> personally, <laughs> discovered them. You found one in a bush. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Towards the end of the trip, but I wasn't aware of what was, I guess, happening here with beer. And then my wife's, uh, to her credit, or her fault, one of the two, she had got some work at a school for three weeks after we got here, and there was a girl there who was working with one of the kids as a sort of special assistant. Got chatting, and that turned out to be the now Kate Delmont, whose husband is Tom Delmont, who was Mountain Goat's first Tommy. ever rep, and is now Mr. Fixation. And so they came and picked us up from outside this dodgy pub in St. Kilda one Friday night a few weeks later in Kate's old Merc that she had then, and then we went to Mountain Goat, and I was like, I was not expecting to find this in Australia. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, ended up playing for their indoor cricket team. Met some guy who was working for Pretty Moses, someone else for Hargroves <laughs> Hill. And I was like, oh, there's all these breweries out there. I'll jump online and find out what's happening and find some cool beers. And it was like nothing. And I think Willie Simpson was writing in Sydney. You had, who was writing over here? Vic Crossland. Vic Crossland was writing over here. And that was kind of it for beer writing. Um, so I started pitching stuff to Epicure and then I, approached Vami and said, you know, the Victorian Association of Microbreweries, why haven't you got a website? And that was a long, slow, <laughs> painful process that kind of went nowhere. <laughs> but the good thing is I didn't get involved in doing it with them because otherwise it would have, you know, now it's my own private dictatorship. Um, and yeah, it was like something needs to happen. So I started visiting loads of breweries whenever we went away, um, came up with a concept for a website. And it's pretty much what I imagine it would be. I guess we've added the app since then. There's a couple of new things come along, but the idea has always been, and we're, we're getting there. We're not there yet, but um, is to tell every story that's going on in beer in Australia um, and to have a resource that's got every good brewery and venue and bar and stuff like that. So, so yes, that was it. So I think it finally went live nearly eight years ago. Um, it was going to go live, I think, in June 2010, but then I got hit by a car um and nearly killed and snapped my leg and broke several ribs and my head went through the windscreen I'm, holy shit man i couldn't do the yeah. B, I couldn't do the bjcp exam yeah <laughs> Damn it, but i had loads of morphine so that was okay yeah yeah fair trade-off yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> no it just makes um, you really constipated <laughs> and uh yeah that was it and just been making up since i go along and it's, it's been weird. i remember when i was getting towards launching it i was like well let's do this thing if it doesn't work out, things are going to come from it anyway because you're going to be trying something new. And within six months, I got someone came in. The, the idea for doing an event around that year's AIBAs came and approached me and said, we do this, will you get behind it and promote it? I'm like, yeah. And then that turned into Good Beer Week and I became a Good Beer Week Festival director and that all sort of came from having launched Crafty Pint. And yeah, it's just all gone a bit crazy, really. And But it was right time, right place. Like the industry... It's been around, you know, and growing for years, but I reckon the last decade is when it's really gone nuts, and that's oh. when I, that's when I've been involved. I'm not saying it's gone nuts because I've been involved. <laughs> no, no, well, you said. It. I, I was going <laughs> to say, like, uh, what Crafty Pond has done for for the industry is given it a, a voice that isn't governed by any other body. You guys have just become that that go to source of information. Um, I, I well, I personally think exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being over here in Western Australia, actually getting getting the information week to week to week is not that simple when, mm. you know, nobody's actually updating websites regularly with new releases. Well that, well, that was, well, that was the issue I found at the start. And there's other stuff out there now. You've got, you know, your rating websites and stuff like that. Now, nowadays, uh, with, you know, social media really pumping up, you know, yeah. like 
it's, I'm it's a, a lot easier. It's no a lot one easier me. for people. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, uh, I would say you'd be the spearhead for the uh, for the beer journalists. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's. I know. It's. It's. I guess I've tried to keep it in a way that is fair and I guess honest, and so it is. It can sit in the middle of the industry and be this thing that isn't yeah. trying to be anything other than a focal point and. Uh, um, I don't know, just a yeah, like the messenger, messenger or whatever, you know. And look, I think that really shines through. To be honest, um, it is relatively unbiased, and you guys just report on cool relatively. Shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because we're uh, you know we're not all perfect. I, I have no examples either. I'm not accusing. What? I'm just leaving some fucking wiggle room in there. Sorry, I'm, I'm just blank completely. <laughs> I don't even Where know. Where am I? I was I was thinking about something completely different and just got lost in the train. It's nice to know that you're that fascinated about yeah, your yeah, guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still talking? Can we just get back oh, to the I, beer? It's not See, he got lost in your eyes this time. Yeah, That's yeah. all it was. In your eyes. Hmm. I can see <laughs> your eyes. But yeah, and I guess yeah, no, it's yeah, I guess also keeping it as the crafty pint and keeping myself, I guess, hidden behind it. Um um, we're at the stage now where I might start doing a bit more th- stuff like this and whatever, and because I think it's strong enough that it's not tied to a personality. Like a lot of people contact Will that writes me, be, and they think that Will's Crafty Pint or get in touch with Kerry, and yep. that was very deliberate as well. I think going back again, the reason I that print journalism appealed to me over radio or TV is that you were never anything more than a byline on a piece of paper. So you know, it's that I guess anonymity. So the the story's the story. There's no, no there's no personality attached to it. So that was my. Because I've, I've got no personality. So the, 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 one thing, the one thing that does come out in that though is that you do still get personality out there. Like within your writing, you people do get it. Like that's right. it's a big thing, man. Like for us anyway. Like when and we he's see, like, oh fuck, I need to review everything <laughs> like, I've ever done. Yeah, now. yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I know. Because I was trying to be me. no personality. No, no. You've got to. There's got to be a personality. But you know, hopefully, it's a personality that's attached to the website. You know, yeah. and the Crafty Pint brand. It's not like. <clears throat> there's people that know me who yeah. I've Here's met through events or, or from yeah. the early days of the industry. But since I've had kids as well, I don't get out very often. I yeah. just, you know, stand at home in my dressing gown, listening to music too loud, oh. <laughs> tapping on my keyboard constantly, <laughs> wearing a skirt. No, 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 I don't wear a $500 skirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the only thing that can be said about that is that it does offer a lot of, a lot of room for movement and freedom. So <laughs> look, I think well, I've got, got a kilt. I've got a, the skirt or the ride. I've got a kilt. So yeah, you know. oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. The thing with kilts is you've got a dagger on there as well. So skin do. Yeah, My, mine's only a decorative one. I can't really do much damage with it. Well, my son would try. He's everything is a sword in his hands. Wait, do they uh, all have daggers on them? Yeah, we, 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 uh, traditionally as the yeah, yeah, isn't up the stocking or something like <coughs> that's that. That's so much fucking cooler than I ever thought. <laughs> dagger, dagger in your stocking, and then often the um, sporran off the bro- to the side. Sporran tends to be at the front. It's, it's at the it's front. Actually, it's the ultimate man bag, really. Like you, you realise that having to put stuff in other pockets or keeping your jean pockets or in a jacket is a bit of a pain in the backside. Once you've got a sporran, it's awesome. You just, I mean, you've you know, already got a man sporran anyway, really. Everyone's born with it if they're a man. <laughs> <laughs> this is just another one of those. Yeah. That's not a pouch. <laughs> you, we're, we're not kangaroos. <laughs> what do you think it is? What What is it holding? <laughs> the two most precious things in your life. Fizzy lifting drink and pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> if it is, uh, Bonnie's got a lot of bad fucking times ahead, that's for sure. <laughs> Not like that. I mean, obviously, we won't be able to start a family. Yeah. <laughs> you can't well, impregnate her with 
Axel's in fizzy lifting drink. We can try. God knows you'd try. Sometimes I really wonder how we're still going. <laughs> um, look, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, just to refer back to Crafty Pint, I think getting back to what Leski was saying, I think you guys have a really good tone um, that uh, all your beer writers have. Um, try to remain as unbiased as possible and it's not about clickbait it's just legitimately about information mm. pumping up the industry and i think you guys have been legitimately a cornerstone um for a lot of people sources of information but you know to that uh, exposure for a lot of uh local breweries uh, all throughout australia yeah no, really. i hope so i was chatting to uh glenn and luke down at boston yesterday and not that they'd ever have this issue because their beers are coming out great. So, so good great dudes but um well. just explaining mm. you know the way we try and approach say the beer write-ups we don't rate them there's plenty of other rating sites out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we i say to the writers you know tell the story behind the beer describe it because people have different tastes yep on the occasion that i've had a beer that's really faulty we just don't write about it i ring the brewer i email them and say there's this fault and encourage them to withdraw the batch <laughs> or find out what's going wrong or they send me another bottle and find out there was just a dodgy bottle or whatever yeah yep. um and I think that serves more of a purpose if you can give that sort of feedback. You know, we have some average beers that come our way, but there's nothing wrong with them. And you just sort of say, here's the story. And some people are going to like that style. And on occasion where something comes along and it's awesome, you can tell that we think it's awesome. But even then I might couch it in, if you like this style of beer, you should go and get it. Because, you know, I've drank a lot of beers over the last few years. My palate, I reckon, is okay. But at the same time, there's, you know, people like different things and people will have certain beers and think they're amazing that I might have and go, whatever. So why put yourself up there as as the That's a really good way of putting it. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, that could be their next gateway beer. It could mm. be their next epiphany beer. I know we've all had it. So exactly. if, if you were to put it out there, you know, holding the the position you guys have in the industry, that's a, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Well, I remember this one years ago um, in the early, early days, uh, Chuck Hahn, or as my wife prefers to call him, Chaka Khan. Um, every time, every time in my head, I'm always Khan. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Oh, um, she, she, he, not Chaka Khan did not get in touch with me. She, she had not, she had not tried to bring Han Premium back. She was focused on other things of a diff, you know different nature. Um, but Chuck Khan, I'm not going to say his name. Now. He got in touch. Uh, he wanted to bring Han Premium back. Um, it was, it was the first, I guess, real high-end Pilsner back in the day in the 80s when he first made it and then it had sort of drifted away and Han had, Han's become a brand that's all about low carb and what have you. Yeah. And so Super dry. They lost yeah. the thrills. Yeah, so he came back and he had the first batch coming off and he was so excited about it. He goes, I want to send you some of this, um, see what you think. And I'd been doing the crafty fight for a year or so and I was like, I don't have the confidence to taste his beer and give him my, my own individual feedback. So that was where the blind tastings came from. So I got Tommy to come around and this other mate, Andy, um, who's now in Adelaide. And we went and bought a bunch of other either mainstream pilsners or some traditional pilsners and premium lagers and stuff like that. And we did a blind tasting instead. So we like, you know, it was genuinely judging what we thought the beers were without knowing what they were. Very high tech. I got brown paper bags from the $2 store, taped them up at the top so you could still actually see the top of some of the bottles. <laughs> Lettered rather than numbered the, the bottles, I don't know why. And then... The two of us that hadn't done the bagging, we we didn't pour the beers, so we wouldn't. Yeah, it was very very technical. Anyway, we went through them. It was maybe seventeen or eighteen beers, um, and then we opened them from last to first. And Shaka Khan's uh, Pilsner was the the number one pick for all of us. Wow! It was ahead of Truma, Staropraman, what have you. Whoa. It was, um, yeah, damn! It Fresh was, pills, man. Yeah. Yes. And it was. It had you know. In a pills tasting. Okay, so just calm <laughs> your dick. 
but it was it was you know and it was still i think it was still ranking with 10 or 20 percent um sugar he was trying to work anyway in the end two years later the beer got canned again because it didn't work but um that, that sort of that was like this is the way if we're going to do any sort of saying a beer is good or bad on the site that's the way i'll do it i'll do it with a panel of people who know what they're talking about and do it blind because that's fair and other aside from that you know like there was i had hargraves new release russian imperial russian stout imperial. the other day yeah <laughs> i was just saying everyone just go and get this beer you know because it's this year's batch is just and it's phenomenal. also in three 30 mil bottles this year yeah. as well isn't it wow so you, so you can still get up the next day i know but the problem is there are no people out there that will hit six of those in one night and surprisingly get up and go to work doesn't it come in four packs though well, Whatever. You can buy two four packs. Like, buy three yeah. between two of them. <laughs> yes. Then you can have two the next day yeah. for breakfast. No. Yeah. So you know, yeah. occasionally a beer comes along, and you're like, "That's just it, so this good. is it." You yes. know, and so you, you know, you'll you know, put it out there. But aside from that, but, try not to. Yeah. Look, ultimately, what you've done though by doing that is you know trying to trying to alleviate that excess pressure on you to to you know look at other person other people's beers but you've created an amazing event around that so I was the last say yeah the you last guys have done two, blind tastings last two years of blind tastings that we've had as oh, live DTC, events over yeah. here at the Dutch Trading Company yeah. so we had we had the IPA blind tasting yeah. two years ago as well as the red ale tasting last year mm-hmm. like having having your panel of experts there sit up the front test all the beers while everyone else got to do that themselves write down notes and whatnot yeah. It was just one of oh, the greater days. If you haven't done it, like I think blind tasting, it's really it's a really cool thing to do because you do smell beer differently. You do taste it differently to what you would have done before. Yeah. Mm. And even if you don't know anything, even if you know you're not an avid beer drinker, I remember the, yeah. the IPA one two years ago. There was a couple of um, girls. They said, "Oh, we've come with our boyfriends. We don't really, you know, drink much beer. We don't drink IPA." But I think both of them, the top two beers they picked were Fixation and Bent Spoke, which was numbers one and one two. One and two. Yeah. Great beers. You know, because they're just good beers. It doesn't really matter, you know. But so, <clears throat> they may not have made many tasting notes, but they still picked out of good beers. But those that did come along and go, oh, I thought I really liked that beer, but now I've actually tasted it with my senses. Yeah. It's shit out. And it's not, or vice versa. It's not the same, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it's such an incredible tool to use. Like you said, even for people who don't nerd out on beer all the time, to remove your your attraction to marketing or brand loyalty mm. and just judge it on on a beer alone uh, and to find out what you really like i think it's a really liberating mm. thing uh and and really cool to do it's interesting though because i think marketing has become so crucial for beer now so uh, fucking aaron, important. yeah aaron yeah. gage rose is saying today he's oh it, it's not necessarily just about making good beer because there's so much good beer out there you've got to get people with marketing which, which, which is which is a bit of a shame to an extent um, but people can't go into a bottle shop every time they want to buy a six pack and taste 20 of them blind and then I'm going to have that <laughs> yeah. one, you know? So, yeah. But it's been interesting, you know, just seeing you know, both Wilson and Boston have rebranded in the last year. Um, and so many people are doing it. I think if you don't, you know, you're going to potentially get, unless you've got a really strong brand already. Like I remember like Modus Operandi launched one everything within three months of launching. Yeah. And then within a year they rebranded because I think they decided this isn't, Strong enough, the original, you know? the original branding, well, from what I've seen, wasn't that strong. And then mm. they came out with Mo, the Mo, <laughs> and that's like brand. You know, if you're talking brand recognition, when you see anything, even you know, close to that typeset, yeah, you know what that is. Yeah, like, so clean and effective. I oh. now have no idea what the original modus operandi. It was very, <laughs> it was very sort of tricksy, and was was there like a man in a top hat or something, yeah, something. and almost like you know. Modus operandi brewing, I mean, written out in full and quite small type. Oh no, that was that's the original modus operandi from I really Scar need to see Brewing. 
over in the US had the top hat, didn't it? Oh, yeah, it was, but was it, was some, it was something. It was something. It was a little busier. Yeah, it was busy than a typeset, yeah. uh, like sigil. Yeah, yeah. but with the panel on Saturday, I've got um, Jared from Zendok, who seems to be rebranding everybody. He's over here coming he's along. Doing some fucking awesome work. Yeah, so yeah. he's coming. But also, I got Tanya from Baby Mammoth to come along to give a sort of a venue perspective. But also, she's really strong on on branding um, yep. and that sort of things. And it was actually, when we were doing the rebranding for Crafty Pint, we were originally going down this pretty crazy route. I liked it, but it was taking a lot of explaining to people. And it was actually a night out. It was, I think it was Tanya's birthday one evening. I was over here and we were on to whiskey, I think at this point, maybe two. I said, oh, hey, here's where we're thinking of going. And she just went, no. She was <laughs> I really like what you're doing. If you do that, you're going to ruin everything or something really? along those lines. I went, okay, I will go back to my graphic designer. That's great. But you've, come, we'll, up, you've come up with a design that, you know, takes on, uh, it harkens on the old, the old school, late 1800s, uh, uh, mid 1900s occult symbolism and mm. put your uh, crafty pint spin on things. Hopefully. Yeah, it's yeah. very uh, <laughs> esoteric. Thanks for putting a better <laughs> word in my mouth. <laughs> but well, you only said very. Yeah, Tim was going to be like very good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I mean, but pretty it was, fucking top, say. But it was funny because we, with the you know the actual words, the crafty pint are just a font that we liked. That was mm. I think it was quite a strong font. And I was originally thinking of keeping the old school like European, just the, the, the and the pint, and changes the crafty. And then in the end, we decided no, it's all got to go and it's all got to be new. And as soon as it went live, I'm like. Oh, that's it. Like, I, there was no, oh, I miss the old look. I'm like, you did what you, <laughs> you served your purpose, but yeah. this is this is it, you know, and we can play with this. Yeah, I've got a graphic designer. It's fun. I think it's great and also <laughs> like pretty true to who you are as well as well. And Crafty Pint, like you said, it's not just about you. Crafty Pint's a brand. I really dig it. So, mm. yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, you could have fun with it. Like, we've been messing around with the homepage background for change every few weeks every few months and just put ridiculous stuff up there like insane hops running out this page at you and i think the minute we've got barrels spiraling from (laughs) hyperspace (laughs) with bubble it's just you know it's like why the fuck not great there was a little tippity top hat yeah see yeah on the old lotus i do apologize and a couple of rhinos yeah yeah. a couple of rhinos just (laughs) running for good measure Um, Which reminds me, actually, if you if you've been to London, next time you go to London, go and check out Australia House um, because go all, to London, all, all, all check these, out Australia House. You all, got all these, all is the, it like the Australian Simpsons episode, but in a London bar? <laughs> no, there's basically there's all these. You know, it's, it's well you know, around uh, the um, city of London. There's all these incredible buildings, and they all have ornate statues and stuff on them. And I should actually look into what this is supposed to symbolize but above the the you know the main entrance there's this guy stood there I'm pretty sure he's naked sort of going like this and either side of him are two horses there's two horses on either side and they look terrified as if he's about to do something <laughs> yeah. really awful it's to them Daryl Braithwaite <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Tim he rides on the horses yeah. yeah that's why they're fucking terrified he's naked yeah. and he's doing jazz hands and it's like well, you, especially you, you, you need to, I've, got a, I've got a that's photo on my phone I'll, sh- I'll show you later but they these horses look like they have a history that they don't want to have with this man and really is this like is this are we going down the zoo path with mr hands no we're not do um, not go anywhere near that now if we can circle back <laughs> just oh for a God, minute so quick. i really like that uh as as you said t- you like to tell the story of the beers mm-hmm. uh and for me um this podcast 
right now has been incredibly fun because I've found out the story of Crafty Pint. And what I really fucking dig about it is, uh, as with, I think, so many people in this industry, you know, the guys that are super passionate and doing really cool things, you almost fell into it. Um, you found some oh. good beer, got taken out. Well, we had to survive. Yeah. You know, Which my- is probably <laughs> a lot more serious than falling into it, actually. <laughs> I, I retract. Um, oh, no, it was, yeah, but it, it wasn't... Apparently, I did say to my wife before we moved here, I'm going to have to learn to brew because the beer in Australia is pretty shit. Yep. So there must have been that sort of thing in, oh. in my mind, um, thinking there's only going to be, you know, lager and Coopers. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, the main thing was here's something, here's a story that needs to be told. Yeah. Like, you know, something's happening and there's a real story there. And no one, apart, like I said, apart from Willie and Vic, like, no one was doing it. And certainly online, there was nothing happening. And it, like, I think. Whilst I enjoy the beers and, you know, and going out and meeting people and there's some pretty, been some amazing beers over the years and all these cool events and stuff, I really love the story of craft beer and it's getting more and more complex these days. Like it's, I think for the first few years I was involved, the challenge for the industry was convincing people it wasn't a fad and it was here to stay. Yep. And then a few years ago we got past tipping point. But now the challenges are so much more different. It's around ownership or it's about contracts or it's about quality or it's about marketing like it's all everything's changing so much so there's there's as a journalist there's actually a lot of stories there yeah. and you know kind of go yes it's i said to you, I, you know, I used to be a real journalist but even though we <laughs> we, we, we want to do and we want to do fair, more but all, all three of us used to have real jobs <laughs> yeah. as well <laughs> and i want to yeah. do more you know every now and then we do something that's a bit more meaty and, and when i can free up more time there's lots of ideas in my head for more I want to be doing some once or twice a month, you know, something that everyone in the industry has to read, and you're trying to move things forward, or you, you know, putting a discussion out there. But there is, you know, there's a real fascinating story, and it's an amazing time to be involved in craft beer, whether it's here or whether it's globally. And we still don't know how it's going to end, you know, and hopefully it's going to end well for lots of people. And I'm sure craft style beers are going to get to ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent, maybe forty percent, you know. Into eating into the you know the big lager market, yeah. Yep. But who's going to own them? Who's going to control them? How you know? And who care? Does it? Does everyone, you know? Who cares about? Yeah, does who anyone care? Yeah, you know. So there's all you know. There's all that side of things. And if you do care, why do you care? You know, like there's you know there's mm. lots of threads to be tugged at. And so it is. It is there's a real. I think I enjoy that as much as I enjoy the beers. Like you know, I really enjoy the fact that we're living through this time that's never really happened before in beer. Um, and yeah, and so many people, not just us four around the table, other people have left better paying and easier jobs when they've got kids yeah, yeah. and go, you know what, I'm going to spend half a million on yeah. a brewery and I'm going to chase my dream of making IPAs or whatever, you know, or yeah. like Matt at Boat Rocker with his, all his barrels, you know, he's, he's still not pumping out a huge amount of volume because he is just so focused on Meticulous. doing incredible yeah. sours and barrel aged beers and stuff, you know, that's his love, you know, Yeah. so it's cool and, and and there's so many really interesting people that you meet along the way so it's you know. it, Bad that's, been the, that's been the biggest sorts. thing to <laughs> uh, for me anyway entering the industry you know um obviously taking a bit of a hit but uh going in and just having an understanding of you know after the first few months of actually starting to meet people you're like i've I've made the best choice. I'm home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm home. I am yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are people that actually understand the weird shit that goes on like in my head. Well, <laughs> not a there lot are of some them, but people, some, yes. Some. Uh, <laughs> but I also came from an office, like yeah, an, yeah. Uh, you know, an office vibe, and you know, being able to be you know a little bit loud and boisterous, mm. and 
just being a bit out there, you don't have that opportunity. So mm. you just feel so much. Have you seen the video for um, Chemical Brothers and Flaming Lips, The Golden Path? No. It's basically that story of this office. It's deliberately dreary office block and this guy in it with his bad hair going in his tie. And it ends up with him being in a surrounded, in a sort of uh, meadow of flowers being thrown up up and down in the air by a bunch of hippies oh. on a on a like shirt and tie. And it's like, it's that kind of thing. He, he sort of, I think... It's, he has a vision at the office copy, you know, photocopy or something. Anyway, but it's kind of, that's the story that I think has happened with me coming over to Australia and with a lot of people that go and decide to make the leap. Yeah. You may be running around in a field with a bunch of hippies and <laughs> may, may not have the, <laughs> the the income you had, but it's more fun. But it's so it's more about the happiness. Yeah. 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 And I get so tired so sometimes and I'm, I get really stressed with when things are piling up. There's like, oh my God, how am I going to get this done? This deadline series, whatever. And then you go... I'm writing about beer. It's okay. I'm going to go yeah. sit with someone at their brewery and hear their story and drink their beer and they're going to give me a lift home and be lovely. <laughs> Even still, yeah. The worst, the worst days now are still so much better than good days in an office or in previous prof- professions. What have I done? It was a high five. Yeah. Gentle yeah. high five. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, I was trying to be eloquent, Tim, and I wasn't saying anything weird and I thought you gave me the stop face. <laughs> and I was like, well... Well, that was a hand as well. So if I gave you the stop face with a hand, that's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was weird. You're an expressive human. (laughs) That was the opposite of what I wanted to do. (laughs) Look, I think we'll uh, wrap it up there on a really good note. I feel fucking really positive after that. Yeah. Yeah. You made the the industry out to be roses and and candles. Uh, It can be. And it is. And people need to remember that it needs to be that way. I remember having a conversation with Josh from Moondog two or three good beer weeks ago. Happy birthday to Josh. It's his birthday today. Oh, there we go. Happy happy birthday, Josh. Happy birthday. Um, And there was an event at the Terminus. I think they were part of it. And we started having this conversation. And then we lived close to each other. We were going to get a cab home. And he said to the cab driver, turn right here. And we went and sat by the Yarra. Had a chat for a couple of hours. But his thing was, he was like... I see Crafty Pint as like the pulse or the heartbeat over the mm. industry. And he goes, if you ever start feeling bad about the industry, I'm going to be really concerned. Yeah, you're the canary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just one big fat canary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, but I know it was interesting. I never thought of it that way. And when we were doing the rebrand, that was one of the things I wrote down for my um, like designer. You are and you yeah, just no, what, what is, you know, how we're seen or whatever. And, I guess you know that's something that's maybe come over time, but it comes from having spent the last eight or nine years being around people the whole time. And, mm. and I think the ones who are doing really well, they have really high standards and they have really good ethics, and they work bloody hard and they make good beer. But you know, yeah. it's like you, you know, there's no accident why some of the people are really successful. It's because they're very good at what they do and they care and they yeah. and they do it for the right reasons. And so if yeah. people can stick that way, hopefully, you know, we'll keep thriving 100 percent. i think it's the unicorn of industries where if you work really hard and you do really good stuff you can be successful at it whatever, whatever when, you come in with the, <laughs> when you come in with those right intentions yeah you know, yeah um it's yeah that's when it's the fucking coolest yeah so, yeah look we've got to get set up for our live event now um so for our listeners who couldn't be here sucked in you should have bought tickets sooner because it's sold out sold out <laughs> Uh, beyond sold out, I think we went a bit over yeah, the top. Yeah, we've definitely gone overboard. But like, <laughs> yes, that's, that's generally we how we do. We have capacity, right? I'm yeah, going to yeah. start getting flashbacks to being like, <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> it's going to be so tight in here. 
So thanks for coming on, James. We really appreciate it. That's all right. No, I, yeah, it was... <laughs> when was the first raise? Did I put it forward saying let's do the live thing or whatever yeah. together? I don't know. I, must, I don't I, know I must how like this people. happened, actually. But <laughs> as soon as it got said, I was like, yeah. fuck, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lesky and James pretty much... It's just been you guys. You know, uh, because no, thanks for bringing guys, us along guys for the ride. It's also, it's Mr. Guy Southern has put a lot He's definitely of helped work drive into this. this. So, yeah. you know, and for everyone at home, in your car, raise your coffees. <laughs> Mr. Guy Southern, thank you. Thanks, uh, Guy. At, at Good Time yeah, Craft Beer. Yeah. Good Time Craft Beer. <laughs> He'd be that, gassy, that's that. probably more important. I, I never give any uh, hat, social handles or web address for Crafty Pints. I'm useless, but Guy always tells me off for it, so at least I'll give him some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, just a quick no mention to Crafty Cabal. Uh, you guys offer discounts, um, all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah, we try and so say everything that we do with the Crafty Pint is free, mm. newsletter, website, blah, blah, blah. Plus the but app it, as well. The app, yes, the new app. Uh, if you want to find anything beer-related. Well, not pub. quite anything yet. Not but we'll anything, get there. but <laughs> getting there. We'll get but there. Venue specific, <laughs> venue um, specific. That's a part of the cabal. Uh, yeah, and then I know. Oh, then, then uh, yeah, but the cabal is if you want to be a paid subscriber, you get discounts and invites to cool events and stuff like that. And so discounts to events like ours tonight. Yeah, are a lot of fucking benefits. So yeah. really cool program. Yeah, get on it, craftycabal.com. There we yeah. go. There it is. The plug. We're going to close the plug back up. I'll just start twitching awkwardly yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You did a bit of sales, you, you didn't want to do it, but we forced it out <laughs> and well, I feel better right. for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so thank you again for coming on. Thanks everyone for listening. Let's get this live show done. Woo. Peace. Yep. Thank you. See you guys. Ted Bundy was good looking. John Paul Gacy. <laughs> that was the no, other one. No way. In Tim's case, he's more like John, like John Wayne and Bracey. Am I right? I have no idea what you're talking about half no. the time you talk. Okay. Literally. Which no. is pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if you're catching half of it. That's not bad.